0: Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Chris Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy and I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Welcome to episode 41 of Thought Revolution, and today we're focusing on empathetic leadership. And to do that, I've got a fantastic person lined up that you're going to hear the interview around today. Her name is Patricia Bravo. She is an insightful leader, um, a profound thinker. She is a consultant, she is an author, and she's just going to bring you some Um, real practical ways of thinking about it. So today, the interview is really focused on five key areas of empathetic leadership. I think you're going to love the interview. I think you're going to love Patricia. And I think you're going to walk out of the time that you spend today listening to this with a lot of value in terms of really knowing how to up your game and how to really deploy um, empathy in a really different kind of way that's going to support your leadership, support your people, and support your mission. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and just let us transition into the interview. Hi, Patricia. Hello. Hey, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad this worked. I've got um, Patricia Bravo with me today. I'm super excited. So today she's joining me and we're testing out some new technology here on um, our podcasting app. So we're super excited, but hopeful that this all works out. Um, And we're going to be focusing on empathetic leadership today because Patricia has um, super deep insight and a lot to be able to share for all of us. So, um, I'm super excited you're here. Thank you so much for creating some time to, to be on the show today. Thank you for having me and uh, a shout out. Hello to your listeners. Oh, they are going to love you, by the way. So, cause I, I, um, I've got the opportunity to spend, um, a few sessions with Patricia. She is super accessible, um, super smart and, um, it's just as dynamic. So I'm excited for today. I'll just give you a brief, like Patricia. So Patricia's a consultant. She's a speaker she is an author here in the Seattle area, and she advises clients on effective leadership. And she's got an emphasis on empathetic leadership, um, which I just feel like more and more folks are um, are, are making um, a recognition around, like its its value, which is going to be really cool to talk about. Um, I don't want to steal all your thunder, so why don't I just let you just share a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Sure.
1: Um, you you just hit it on the head. I, I write and speak and cons hands-on effective leadership, and um, I do that through the lens of empathetic leadership. I spent about, um, you know, over 20 years in corporate environments in a number of different companies and industries and have been using some of the learnings that I've had in those experiences, along with some research that I've been conducting and um, writing to really understand some ways to accelerate um, capability in the workplace. And so I landed on this work around empathetic leadership a few years ago and have been helping um, a roster of clients to learn about it, and ultimately uh, serving team members in the workplace as a result. I also do some teaching. I teach at uh, UW Washington, and uh, I teach professionals at UCLA
0: Extension. So let's just jump into my first question. And I, I feel like I've read a lot of different things, and there's some. I think there's some great like um, articles and thinking out there about empathetic leadership. And I know it gets confused with like the broader um, EQ, so, um, or in, emotional intelligence. But um, as you think about it, because you talked about leadership through the lens of empathetic leadership, what, what is empathetic leadership? Let's just start there.
1: Yeah, so I love that you pointed out the element of emotional intelligence. There's a strong connection between empathetic leadership and emotional intelligence. So if I kind of unwind to when emotional intelligence came about, Um, Daniel Goleman was the first person to really break ground on this concept, and he has a list of five characteristics that contribute to emotional intelligence, with empathy being one of those. And the description that he uses is that empathy is really about the ability to understand the emotional makeup of others. And then the corresponding skill in then responding or treating people according to their emotional reactions. So I've uh, connected a lot of my work to this side of leadership, um, but it's not the entire picture. And one of the things that I find that really helps crystallize for leaders in the workplace and team members, this work is to really think about empathy as being a catalyst for understanding others. So empathy is really about understanding others. And empathetic leadership is using that understanding to respond in a really meaningful, um, accurate way to support the needs of those at work.
0: I don't want to sound cold, but I think about like, okay, what's the opposite of empathetic leadership? Because I'm listening to you, like, give that description. And um there's a part of me who uh, you know, is super resonating with what you just said and 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 get it um, from the lens that I do. I, I so I started, you know, my career in education and social services, and a lot of leaders I find, um, I would deem empathic. they're they're always like thinking about um, the impact on other folks. But I'm also, yes, I, it's funny because I listen to you, and I'm like, well, you're describing a human being in some ways, right? Like, well, they're, you know, thinking about, you know, other folks. And so um, I guess the, the question that that resonates in my mind is, um, like, if, you, if you're not being empathetic, then um, what are you? Are you, you self centered? I, I don't want to like pigeonhole you here in the moment and have you like, you know, um, you know, try to put a label on folks, but what's what's happening for leaders when they're not being empathetic, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I hear from um, team members all the time in the workplace that one of the things that they struggle with is leaders who are putting profit over Mm. people, um, business results over the needs of team members in the workplace that are contributing to those business results. And the other one, um, from a purely, to your point, human standpoint, um, that I hear frequently is that leaders are using team members as objects and using them solely um, to manipulate them to generate work. And the reality is, is that team members in the workplace are people and they have an experience in the workplace. And one of the things that we know is that if you can help them have a more positive experience, it contributes to um a whole lot of things like productivity, team cohesion, um willingness to provide um,
0: additional working contributions to the organization. That makes a ton of sense. that And it sounds like when i'm when I'm hearing you like share all that, the source in some ways of um, of your ability to assess the level or the impact of your empathy is really like the the people that you serve, the the people that you lead is, is kind of what I'm taking from what you just shared.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it actually goes um, hand in hand. Uh, One of the things that I've been really curious about and interested in is understanding what the research tells us about empathy and leadership. And it's still a fairly new field. But one of the things that I hear um, from the consultants and scientists that are working on this is that empathy tops the list as one of the drivers of interaction skills when it comes to job performance. So if you think about a leader's responsibility in the workplace and their responsibility to achieve results and drive results forward in the workplace, one of the things that they have to do is be really skilled and effective at bringing along their team members' to help them do that. And so part of what happens is very much interactive in terms of strengthening relationships using empathetic leadership. But ultimately, that creates a leadership advantage in fostering some additional results that ultimately serve the business. So the business and empathy, I believe, can coexist
0: in the workplace. That makes so much sense. I think about um, some of the folks... I think about as a staff person some of the leaders I've had, as a leader some of my peers that I've had, and as a consultant now, um, some of the leaders I've had the opportunity to work with, and I know that can be a challenge. Like, um, so I I spend a lot of my time on the process side um, because I know where it contributes to um, you know broken culture and broken team dynamics. But that being said, like um, even if you know we're able to you know clean up so to speak the process. It's, you know, it really comes down to the human who's, um, you know, leading and, and moving the team. So that makes so much sense. And so sometimes um, I'll get these questions from folks. I'm super that's why I'm like glad that we're actually able to like have this opportunity and put this episode in the hands of folks, because um, when we were talking, you shared with me something that I think a lot of folks are going to get. Um, value from and and for you as you've been working with some clients you've really been able to hone down there's more to it than this for you but there are five key areas of empathetic leadership that people can take a look at assess and grow in isn't that correct
1: Yes. I, I got really curious when I first started doing this work to see what research existed out there. And like I said, there's not a lot out there. There's the empathetic leadership or the connection between empathy and leadership specifically in the workplace. Um, the research out there is still fairly limited. So I when I was presented with an opportunity to participate and conduct some uh, research that would contribute to this body of work, I jumped at the chance. And I had a chance to conduct some research around what areas leader use of empathy favorably influences. And so I think these are the key areas that you're talking about. And I've uncovered um, five key areas that also mirror the experiences that I've had in the workplace. And they are around things like, uh, all of them are around things connecting to the team member in the workplace. So for example, um, one of the areas that I found that the leader use of empathy favorably influences is, and this is one of the most significant ones, is the strength of the bond between the leader and the team member that they're working with. And what I find is that uh, using empathy, so again, using empathy for the purpose of understanding really deepens trust between the leader and their team member, um, so mutually. And that we know, we know that trust accelerates and deepens the nature of relationships. So that's one uh, one example, and I share that one first because that's the one that I find is often the, uh, the stickiest when it comes to empathetic leadership. It's the one that really helps Um, provide that glue between the leader and
0: their team member how does somebody if they were gonna you know and I know you're starting with bond and there's there's a few others but I I, um, if I'm a leader and I'm thinking okay um, one key area is my bond especially between me and my team members how do I begin to like what's my starting point to understand what my my bond is and how to grow that like what does that look like?
1: Yeah, what it uh so kind of an assessment of how do I know where I stand today?
0: Is that yeah, what you're referring yeah. to?
1: Yeah, one of the things that I like to do when I'm facilitating a workshop is help people understand what their what their tendency is towards empathy. People have A range of tendencies towards empathy. And by the way, uh, one question I get a lot is, can uh, empathy in the workplace be taught? It absolutely can. There's lots of research out there that tells us that it can. Um, And so as a result, I like to do exactly what you just said, is give people a chance to assess their tendency towards empathy. And so some of the things that I encourage people to do when they're thinking about kind of where they stand on this is think about how they are investing in their interactions with others. For example, um, because of this close connection for empathetic leadership to emotional intelligence, to what degree are they thinking about engaging their emotions in an interactive dialogue? Um, In some cases in the workplace, leaders get so taxed with their day-to-day responsibilities, which again is about achieving business results, that they may inadvertently miss an opportunity to engage in using their emotions and interacting with a team member. So that's just one example. And I've got a whole series of things that I'll invite people to um, think about to kind of give them a gauge on where they stand and what areas they want to focus on to help them develop
0: and grow. Mm. That's so helpful. And I know, I I know, um, you know, I talk a lot about being able to scan your environment and really think about um, who you are, who your team is and your process. But I I know when I was a leader, it's hard. It comes at you fast and you're right. Like, I think there can be a default sometimes to focus on, um, yeah, this is our goal or this is what we're trying to attain or why don't people just get on board or, or yeah. I think about all the phrases that, um, you know, either I either heard or maybe even, um, said at times due to my frustration because of the pressures I felt like, get on board, do your job. Why is this so hard? This is the direction. This isn't, you know, all those things that, um that sometimes at moments, um, you know, when you lose your ability to think about your team, show up for you, it doesn't make you bad. um, And I guess it's a blind spot if you don't recognize those are there for you.
1: Absolutely, yes. And I think it's perfectly natural to find yourself in that sort of a circumstance. I think leaders find themselves um, carefully balancing those needs. And when the priorities in the business um, are on the uptick, it's easy to swing in that direction and to focus in that direction. One of the things that I find um, some leaders find really useful is knowing that the investment in something like empathetic leadership and investing in your team members in that way, it actually creates shortcuts. And so when I say that word, that's when I you will know, get all eyes suddenly looking on me if I'm in person. Um, because leaders like the idea of efficiency and having some ways in which they can actually um, take advantage or leverage the relationship um, to create a shortcut. And so once a uh, relationship has been strengthened through empathetic leadership, the leader and the team member often can work in a much more effective manner because they've got shortcuts to understanding one another. And so that's one way in which the investment can pay off.
0: Love it. So, Um, we're talking with Patricia Bravo. We're talking empathetic leadership. She's sharing with us the the importance of it, but also walking us through five key areas um, that we all can begin to take a look at and then grow in. We've been talking about bond as the first one. Um, Talk us through another one. What's another key area for us to be paying attention to?
1: Yeah, so kind of following along this thread of, of a payoff, you know, leaders are looking for a payoff, um, you know, what's, what's in it for me? And uh, another area that often catches their attention is um, the idea that leaders' use of empathy favorably influences discretionary effort on behalf of the team member. And so that's work effort that a team member is willing to give completely voluntarily above and beyond what the expectations are of their job or their role, and that is often of interest to leaders because we know that our work doesn't show up in a nice, uh, tidy little box. Uh, We know that priorities change, um, crises happen in organizations, there are urgent things that have to be addressed, and so in those cases, it's great for a leader to be able to count on a team member who's willing to give this discretionary effort, again, that's work effort above and beyond what the expectations are on a voluntary basis. And so leaders who invest in empathetic leadership find that the investment pays dividends across team members who are more willing to then give above and beyond. And so what that looks like is a team member might be willing to stay late to finish a project or a team member might be willing to uh, go home and, you know, have dinner with their family or friends or whomever that might be, and then um, hop back on and do some extra email at night to stay current on a particular task or a team member might be willing to help another team member who's drowning to help support the overall good of the broader team. And so you can see that over time, these, uh, what may seem singular and small individually add up and contribute to the overall um, health and
0: productivity of a team. That's so interesting because I think about bond and then what you just described as discretionary effort. So going above and beyond. Um, And I can imagine the pain that some leaders feel when um, let's say the empathy is, not where it needs to be or it's absent, is that folks either aren't doing um, or meeting some of the the needs or the expectations, or they're just doing enough to get by. And it's interesting listening to you because, um, you know, there's so much talk about engagement and engagement and engagement, and this starts to really, like, speak directly to that. So I guess my question is, what about, um, the answer might be obvious, but what about deploying empathy? Um, allows for that to happen? Like what about a leader deploying empathy allows for someone to make the the choice that I'm gonna go above and beyond?
1: Uh, Interestingly enough, it's related to a couple of the elements. So one is certainly the bond um, between the leader and that team member. Um, There's a couple other areas that also play into this discretionary effort. Um, One you just hit on the head, which is engagement so we we know to your point that there is a lot of conversation about engagement in the workplace and the lack of engagement in the workplace Um, and what leaders are trying to do is uh, motivate team members to actively participate in their workplace and in their work and that can be a challenge and one of the things that uh, empathy can help with is help uh, match Uh, via the leader's understanding of the team member, the motivational desires that the team member has. So if the leader invests in empathy and understanding where a team member is, so for example, um, maybe a team member uh, seems unmotivated. um, And so if a, a leader spends some time understanding why From the team member's perspective, they're unmotivated. They may uncover things that are completely unrelated to what may have seemed obvious that the team member, you know, had no desire to contribute to the project or um, was taking a back seat. Uh, Maybe they have something going on in their personal life. Maybe they have uh, a skill gap maybe they are working with a team member that's not helping them Um, there could be other things that are going on and so once that leader has a chance to dive a little bit deeper and understand they can then more accurately offer some support and assistance and when team members see that that increases their desire to engage and be motivated to do the work
0: Uh, that makes so much sense and inside of all of that just I think what I heard you say, even just like as a practical practice, is, is asking the question, why is somebody on my team unmotivated if I'm starting to see that and then go learn, which is huge. And I actually didn't even think about um, what you just offered there at the end, which is not just like being someone who cares enough to learn and then be able to understand like how to work with that person to support them, but like other team members being witness to you as a leader being for your team member, which I think is really powerful. So I can see how that starts to um, have an impact then on people's um, level of commitment then to both the leader and then to the team. It makes so much sense.
1: Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And so they're, they get kind of these additional enhanced or ancillary benefits as a result. So
0: five key areas, empathetic leadership. um, And we've talked about bond. It's fascinating how all of these, they don't really, they, you've, you've done a great job of distinguishing them so that uh, as a leader, you can see them. Um, But they also seem to be braided. They, they, they interact with each other. So bond discretionary effort. um, So your willingness as a team member to work beyond expectations, you just talked about the third key area, which is team member engagement. So increasing motivation um, and building on that. Um, Talk us through another key area of empathetic leadership.
1: Yeah, another one that's related, and I love that word that you use, braided. They're definitely all connected. If I had a chance to double-click further in this research, I'd take this down another level to figure out exactly where those drivers and connections are. I think some of them um, are really obvious, but I think there's some subtleties that some inform others in different ways that would be interesting to uh, learn more about. So the, uh, the one that's closely connected to engagement is team member commitment. And that's really about loyalty is the easy way to think about it. The leader's use of empathy really helps um, foster a willingness to partner and commit to the leader over a longer term than might be typical. And so there are some benefits here because we know that um, in the workplace, it costs a lot to hire new employees and need new team members. Um, you know, Some of the stats out there say something like it you know, costs two times somebody's salary to replace them. So retention is often something that leaders are really interested in, not only because of the cost of replacing an employee, but the benefits that an existing team member brings by virtue of the knowledge and skills and continuity to their role. So commitment is one that I think is really um, interesting when you think about it from a a leadership perspective. There is a lot of benefit to ensuring that uh, the team members feel um, committed and inspired um, enough to want to stay connected to the leader in the work.
0: That's fascinating. So it's, I don't know if this is happening on purpose or... um... Orbit, just um, this is the way it plays out. But, you know, I'm just thinking about everything we've walked through so far. And um, we've talked about bond. We've talked about discretionary effort. We talked about engagement. You just talked about commitment. And it's fascinating how, um, you know, how empathetic leadership and being able to really um, understand what that looks like for you and and engage in the practice, it increases like that bond between you as a leader and your team. Between the team with each other, between the team members and their organization, um, yes. and then as you just finished there, the team members and their work. So that it's really all of those. Like I just, you know, there was a diagram to kind of like, you know, connect all of these together. Um, the glue, it sounds like, um, from your perspective and the research you've done, is you know being able to increase that level of of empathy um as a leader and how that looks and how to do that that's fascinating
1: yeah i'm uh, as you're talking i'm visualizing a web that um depicts all these interconnections that's what i'm
0: drawing here i was like oh you know i am super visual so if we were sitting next to each other it sometimes throws people off when we're doing an interview and i'm, I'm drawing and making lots of notes to keep things in my head <laughs> so um i'm glad that's not distracting you uh, but that's what i have in front of me which i found fascinating and i I'm not quite sure what'll happen here next, but then there's the the last piece of this. So we've talked about engagement, bond, commitment, and discretionary effort. What is the um, what is that fifth key area?
1: So the fifth key area is um, team member productivity. So since we've talked about this web, I'll call it now. Um, the you can see how some of these might fit in. So empathy. Um, The benefit of empathy is understanding. And so if a leader has some understanding into um, the team members' motivation, um, their desires, they've contributed to building and deepening this bond with trust, um, team members are often willing to give um, this discretionary effort that we talked about. So what ultimately can result um, is additional... Productivity from the team member. So, not solely from discretionary effort, um, but by, I like to think of it as matching. So, by a leader being able to match the needs that the team member has by understanding what those needs are, they can affect an increase in productivity overall, partly through discretionary effort, um, but partly perhaps by ensuring that the team member has the tools to do their job or that they have the support on a project team, or that the team member um, has flexibility so they can be most productive at the time that's um, most beneficial for them. And so you see that, um, you know, gleaning this information um, where a leader has this understanding can really ultimately influence productivity above and beyond um, what kind of the typical expectations may
0: be. Okay. um we're getting a broader sense of what this really looks like I think you're painting a a really clear picture I don't want to dumb down the kind of work that's required of someone to really engage in this but if you were to start to you know if 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 there's a listener that's like oh my gosh this makes so much sense or I've always thought that this is the confirming for me what would you say like what are some of the, the the key things that someone could begin thinking about or doing Um, You know, in the near future to to really start either assessing or or growing or developing um, how they're engaging with um, deploying empathy in their leadership.
1: Yeah, one of the uh, key anchors that comes up over and over and over again um, that underpins some of this work is the concept of active listening. And we've all heard about active listening before, but there is actually a model out there that focuses on seven stages of active listening. And if you think about it on a continuum, um, you know, stage one is, uh, you know, just initially uh, hearing what somebody says, all the way to stage seven, which is deeply understanding where somebody's coming from. Stage six is the place where empathic listening takes place, where you start to um, connect a lot of dots from what somebody is sharing with you and deepening the understanding. So I would encourage. Um, your listeners to work on listening pun intended <laughs> um, because that's one of the the core areas that helps support the work of an empathetic leader.
0: okay so it be one of the, the the starting points for folks is that work that you do is that work that you know when you're working with your clients you're like all right we need to work on active listening and here's what we're gonna do is, is that is that you I do.
1: Yeah, um, in some of the workshops that I facilitate, what I like to take people through is helping them understand the concept of empathetic leadership and then helping them um, assess their tendency towards empathy, like we were talking about earlier. And then I've got a a model which serves as uh, a framework, not a formula, but a framework to help people um, think about how they are leading with empathy. And then we practice some really specific techniques that they can use to enhance their skills, and one of that, uh, one of those is through active listening. So,
0: just so we can get a small taste here before we um, before we have to, you know, exit our time together. Like, what would that look like? What I, I know that like it's so different doing versus describing, but, you know, help us understand like what what would that exercise, you know, look like and sound like.
1: Yeah, um, what I like to do is really give people a chance to actively participate. In workshops. And so one of the um, exercises around listening is to give people a very specific scenario that they are uh, completely unfamiliar with and have them uh, practice all the levels of listening. So they can actually experience what it's like to go through each stage and what Experientially, um, they discover when they get to that stage of empathic listening, and then from there, you can have them um, turn those opportunities to the workplace and their actual
0: experience. If someone doesn't know how to move at a deeper level of listening, is there like examples that you give them, or do we just um, figure that out in the workshop? How does that How does that look?
1: Yeah, so we actually can go through um, each of the key steps and dive into each of them and help people um, understand the concrete ways in which they can move from one phase to the got next. Got it.
0: Very cool. I'm fascinated. I, I am excited to like see what this looks like in action. I um, We're going to make sure that as folks get a chance to listen that um, you've got like a download that we can include in the link for the podcast that... Um, depicts like these five key areas. Isn't that correct? Yes. So as we're exiting our time, like what else would you want folks to know? Um, What teachable point of view do you always stress when it comes to, you know, really being able to advance someone's leadership advantage through empathetic leadership?
1: Yeah, um, I think that the... The uh, two points, I guess I like to emphasize one is I really believe that uh, empathy and business results can coexist and there's there's a lot of data that tells us that they can, and I think that they must, um, especially when we take into consideration, not just the current business landscape, but where we're headed into the future and secondly. My second takeaway is really about thinking about team members in the workplace. So a lot of times people think that I do the work that I do because I'm trying to help leaders, which is absolutely one reason I do the work I do. But the second reason I do the work I do is because I feel like it's really important for team members to have a positive experience at work. And there's a lot of conversation about, you know, what you probably know is the employee experience. Um, But I think it's important for them to have that experience Um, to experience what a, I call it H to H, a human to human um, relationship is like at work. And so leading with empathy can really help contribute to that and help not just leaders um, in their work, but also team members um, flourish in their work environment.
0: This is going to sound like a weird follow-up, but because that, I mean, that's beautiful. Why? Like, why does that matter to you?
1: Um, for me, what I have seen in my experience over and over and over again is the uh, dissatisfaction or disappointment of team members and how that translates into their work and The impact that then that has on the business. I have um, spent a lot of of years working in a variety of talent management roles. And in in some of the experiences I have, I was responsible for ensuring that the relationships between leaders and team members were working effectively. And in those situations where I found that they weren't working effectively, um, it was often because the team member uh, felt less than or um, not heard and not understood at work. And that immediately translated into the contributions they were willing to make at work.
0: Got it. Um, I've super enjoyed my time here together. I know that we're probably running towards the tail end of um, the time that we have set up. And I'm so appreciative of your ability to, to create the time today, um, walk us through you know, what this looks like and and what are some of the things that we can do um, let's finish with this. So if folks are interested in learning more about you or following you, um, i you can share this with us and I'll put it in the, the show notes, but how do they start to follow Patricia Bravo? How do they find you?
1: Sure. Uh, some easy places are, um, on my website and on LinkedIn. So my website is bravoforyou.com. So B-R-A-V-O-F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. And then you can easily find me on LinkedIn. Those are some great ways to stay connected and stay in touch. And uh, periodically I'll I'll facilitate workshops and uh, I'm doing a lot of writing lately. So you can get access to some of that writing via my uh, profile on LinkedIn.
0: Terrific. Patricia, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: I so appreciate your time. Thank you for having such an engaging dialogue.
0: I'm excited to get this out there, and I can't wait um, when we do to start to get the feedback. And when we do, I'll make sure I share it with you. Sound good?
1: That sounds fantastic. I look forward to it. All right.
0: Talk to you again soon.
1: Okay.